Welcome to the Grace to Conquer show with me, your host, Kara Foote. I'm on a mission to help other women and mamas understand the difference between all the truths and lies we have been taught by the fitness industry and social media. There is so much info out there and so many different options, companies, and products that it's hard to know what to listen to and who to trust. Look, I've been there, and as a personal trainer in nutrition, I've also been a part of the problem. I'm so thankful God came alongside me and gave me the vision to stop what I was doing so that I could help others like you find freedom in fitness through faith and truth. Come along with me on this journey, discovering how to truly nourish and help the amazing bodies that we live in every day. Hello, my beautiful warriors. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. Like I said, I wasn't sure I'd be back over the weekend because of the kids and, you know, they're them being around. It's so noisy and it's really hard for me to just get away over the weekend, which is fine because I know as long as they're going to school and not staying home like they did during uh, the first part of COVID when I eventually started uh, podcasting, <laughs> then I'm good. So today I wanted to actually talk about kids, specifically daughters. And I wanted to go into a little bit about how my perspective changed when it comes to my daughters. So as I've explained before, my husband and I are a Brady bunch. He had three children and I had three children. We each had two girls, which means we have four girls out of six kids. So the oldest, who's 21 now, is a boy. And then we have a 12-year-old. And then we have a one that's turning 19. She's uh, That's a female. And then we have a 16-year-old girl and a 12-year-old girl, almost 13, and an 11-year-old girl. So as you can see, we have these like preteen, teen, and then kind of like young lady types in our home. So, um, you know, I remember when my 19-year-old, almost 19-year-old, was younger and she went through a lot of body changes and it was really hard for a while for me to just watch her like eat all the food she was eating because she was eating and eating and eating and it caught up with her and I was kind of looking at her like oh you can't just eat all the time I know you're hungry or something or you just love food like me you know and how do you break their heart and tell them uh you know what (laughs) it's it's a it seems like it's a harder life if you're on the heavier side. And that's my own personal, I guess, demon that I deal with. It, because, you know, I always felt like if I gained weight, then it was harder to find clothes that fit me. I would see clothes on a mannequin and think, oh, that's so cute. And then you try it on and you're like, uh, no. <laughs> and, you know, it's really discouraging when you go in to try on clothes and you don't like anything. Um, everything you try on just doesn't look right or doesn't fit right, especially when you're like me and you have big boobs. That changes a lot. Or, you know, as I've gotten more booty over the last few years of bodybuilding, then of course, like that's changed as well. Because I used to be pretty small. I could wear a size four to six jeans, no problem. Ones that didn't really have stretch. And I had no problem with that. But as I grew and I gained weight, you know, that changed. So, you know, my muscles did change that. It doesn't mean I look bulky. It just means I needed to find something that was more appropriate for my body 
uh, style and something more stretchy probably. And and I I actually um, love my favorite pair of jeans are fit jeans. Um, and then second to that, my favorite brand to usually buy are Maurice's because they're very forgiving when it comes to women. And it's funny because actually my 19-year-old steals a lot of my clothes that come from Maurice's. And I've been shopping at Maurice's since I was in my early 20s when I discovered with having this, you know, fairly new mom bod that even though they were catering to women in their like mid 20s to like early 30s, I, um, their jeans fit me great. All their clothes fit me great. And I could wear like a size small and it wasn't like teeny tiny. And I felt good about myself seeing that size on there. But how messed up is that, that we see a smaller size? And even if it wasn't that much smaller, we feel better about ourselves, but do your favor and shop in a clothing store that's like appropriate for your size. Um, you know, if you are a woman that like wears women mediums, probably shopping in the junior section just because you think their clothes are going to make you look younger and more hip are probably not the way to go. So try to do yourself a favor. Places like Maurice's, they have pretty trendy clothes and they have a lot of cute things. Like I said, all of my girls, even my 11-year-old sometimes tries to see if she can steal something I'm getting rid of. And I'm like, um, no, because she is so tiny. She's little itty bitty. She's, she now, she now wears like a size 12. I'm starting to wear some size 14 in kids, but she is still really small. Whereas, strangely enough, my other three daughters are all around the same size. Not, not height-wise, but as far as you know, they can, you know, one wears a small in women's and the other two wear a medium in women's, um, depending on what it is and what the style is. So that being said, like I said, that's kind of where I'm at is between small and medium usually. And so they steal my clothes. The only reason why I guess I need mediums is because of my boobs anyway. So anyway, back to the kids. It, you know, with talking about sizes and shapes and obviously, you know, having four daughters, two that were from my side and two from my husband's side, we are all different shapes and sizes. And unfortunately with my daughters, um, I'm only five foot three and they are both much shorter than me. And um, my 19 year old stopped growing at 12 years old and she's like five one. And my 12 year old hasn't grown in a year and a half. And she's like four eleven. And both of them, you know, they have grandmas that are sh on the shorter side, especially on their paternal side. They are actually as tall, if not taller than their grandma. So <laughs> these poor girls, um, you know, I, my history, my genetics, um, if you want to go that route, would be that, you know, most people in my family um, specifically, you know, grandparents and stuff like that in my direct line of family are probably on the more overweight to maybe obese size. Um, I remember my grandma and my aunt both being very large and me being very aware that I didn't want to be that size. And then my sister, my older sister, she always struggled with her size and trying to accept her body. And I think that, you know, now that she's in her forties, she's come to that acceptance of, um, who she is and where she's at and not trying to change her body so much so that she doesn't want to necessarily um, go to the doctor or find out if she's even got anything going on. Whereas I 
am very into knowing what's going on with my body. Um, I don't, you know, I'm very good about knowing when something is going on with my body, but I do want to know, hey, what's causing this? What's causing that? Because if I can find a way to, like, if it's something that I'm doing to hurt my body by like something I'm eating or something I'm doing, then of course I want to see if I can help that because I do believe that, you know, we're made to, um, have amazing bodies and, and that we can do a lot and that a lot of our issues come from, they stem from like internal issues that started when we were teenagers, it started when we were younger and we had these preconceived notions of what our bodies should look like. Now, obviously a lot of pressure comes from peers. Um, and maybe for me, it started when I lived in a dorm with other girls because, you know, when you're changing in front of other girls that are your age, it's natural for women or girls, I should say, to compare themselves to each other. And I remember I, I didn't really have issues with it until one day, um, the three other girls that were in my dorm room, which were all in my grade, we were all eighth graders, uh, had med- made mention of me having like mountains for boobs. And they weren't that huge. I mean, I was a C cup size, but I wasn't huge. But it made me feel so like self-conscious, like that was bad that I had boobs that were that size because they were much smaller than me. The other three girls, one probably way smaller and then the other two, you know, probably a little more average. And I didn't feel like I was that big actually, but I guess maybe for eighth graders, maybe, but you know, <laughs> then comes along my 19 year old when she was in fifth grade, she had like a C cup size and she was so, and that was like at three years younger. And mind you now she's larger than I am. And, you know, again, it's something that she, that bothers her. She's a little self-conscious. It, it is frustrating to her, but you know, she's not going to do anything about it until after, you know, she's had kids and stuff. Cause she will probably medically need to, because she's so little and short and, <laughs> and has fairly large boobs. But, um, so, you know, for her, you know, it started, um, being her being more self-conscious and really worrying about her size and things, um, really started when she was, um, even though she was gaining a little bit of weight in fifth grade, she lost a ton in like sixth or seventh grade because she was on so many different programs trying to help her with her acne because she started getting really bad acne at a young age. And her dad was super paranoid about it because he had bad acne. So he would send her through all these different things. And I felt so bad for her. Well, you know, after she lost, you know, weight on one of them, it came back with kind of a vengeance and not that she's overweight because she's very cute. She's very, um, she's, she's, again, she's vertically challenged. So she's, unfortunately, when you are short, you're always going to have to probably deal with the possibility of, you know, watching what you eat and be just being careful of that. Not to mention, I'm prone to a lot of health issues and that tend and they're almost all hereditary. So that's going to tend to be an issue for them. And that could be like in the form of diabetes, lupus, you know, celiac, a lot of different things like that. And those are things to be aware of. Oh, and then, you know, not to mention like IBS and, um, you know, diverticulitis, just all the fun stuff that I have. Um, and so I remember, I think it was seventh or eighth grade, the girls were making fun of her at her school because she had acne, she had braces, and she had big boobs. And you know what they said about her and having bigger boobs? They said that she had gotten a boob job. And I was like, 
you should take that as a compliment. It's because they're just jealous because the boys were giving her more attention. And that is true. That is what happens. But to a girl, you know, especially one like my child that did not want that attention and she is more introverted, she is not extroverted. And she, like me, is it tends to be more self-conscious. Um, now, my 12-year-old, um, who is on the little bit heavier side most of the time, um, and again, she is only 4'11". She's probably always going to fight with this. Um, she is actually super self-confident. She doesn't care what other people think. And, you know, she doesn't care, like, with her clothes stuff. Like, we've had to work at trying to get her to care a little bit more about things like hygiene and stuff like that. And she's in seventh grade. And she did, between sixth and seventh grade, she definitely did change. Uh, six, all of sixth grade was online. <laughs> Um, part of fifth grade and then all of sixth grade. Um, even though some kids went back to school the end of that year, um, we had chose to keep her in her online school. And so this being seventh grade, this was a definite game changer for her. And then she got in the volleyball. Um, and, and so because she got made it on the volleyball team, that also changed her dynamics of kind of her social status because suddenly she was a little cooler you know she was like in some in crowd because she was in sports which is awesome I actually wholeheartedly advocate that for kids because I feel like it's so much easier for them and honestly let me just say this if you have kids that are going to a private school it's not any less that now is there a possibility especially if they've been going there since they were little that they may be saved from some of the drama and some of that criticism that you might get in a bigger school where there's definitely more people or more people to compare themselves to, then yes, yes, there is that. And that is helpful. But let me tell you, when they start getting to be teenagers or preteens, by the time they're 11 or 12, they are already going through all of that. They've already been liking boys, talking about boys. Um, and then even in a Christian school, both when I went to Christian school and when my daughters went to Christian school, by the time that most of the girls are in high school, I'm not kidding, even if they go to the Christian church and everything like that, most of them are either involved in drugs or sex. And you wouldn't know it because you get very good at hiding it after so many years. Um, it's, it's almost like it's a control thing for them. Thankfully, I haven't had that issue uh, with my daughter. And, you know, we are, you know, closer now than when she was in high school. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't become her BFF or that I wasn't a super hard parent. I tried to have a balance and there are no perfect parents. I am by, you know, I'm far from being a perfect parent for sure. Um, but... Some of the things that I have learned over the years, I wanted to share with you guys because it kind of, some of this stuff really hit me hard last year because, you know, you feel like with your oldest ones, maybe you're failing. Um, and then we have our 16-year-old who is a sophomore in high school right now. She's also extremely self-confident and she has absolutely no issues. Like if somebody wants to call her a name or think something bad of her, she could care less. She knows who she is. She's also in sports. And again, that really helps. 
and uh, she gets good grades. So she's she's very involved academically. And when you're on the National Honor Society too, at least in a public school, they make you do community service. So the girls have to do both her and the, and our twelve year old have to do uh, different amounts of community service to be involved in different things. And it's great. It's it's really helped them, um, you know, with who they are. And, you know, and my 19 year old also did uh, community service as well as uh, missions trips starting from when she was about 16. And she did a missions trip to New Mexico or New Mexico. We live in New Mexico. She did a missions trip to Mexico (laughs) across the border, not in the United States, um, you know, for two years in a row while she was in high school. That was really helpful for her. And then she did, uh, you know, some camps and things like that as well. Um, And so, and then, um, our 16-year-old, sorry, I'm trying really hard not to say their names because I don't want to do that, but our 16-year-old has also, you know, helped out at church, volunteered at our coffee bar, um, you know, and things like that. And then she does other activities too where she helps out. And and of course, with around the house, you know, we give all the kids chores and things like that. And I'm, I talk about that, you know, even when I'm setting up um, kind of how to organize and clean your home, things that help and a big part of that is chores. When they're younger, we would do chore charts and the kids loved the idea of the chore charts. And then eventually as they got older, you know, they were consistent and, you know, everybody was doing their chores. So they call each other out. If somebody hasn't done their chore, they're like, oh, you didn't do your chore. And so (laughs) I don't, you know, and if they miss, if they try to miss their chore, if we have to remind them a bunch, then they get grounded from electronics. Like, okay, well, if you can't do the stuff that you need to get done, that's your responsibility. You want to have more responsibility as you get older, then I guess you're going to be grounded from those types of things. And uh, um, let me just say this too, incidentally. I am a little bit more strict than some parents probably when it comes to social media and then also when it comes to phones. And and all of this is part of why. Um, you know, my 12-year-old daughter, she has no social media and she doesn't have a phone. She doesn't even have a tablet right now. Um, she is, you know, the one that um, almost a year ago I had talked about <laughs> going, she was going through a lot. Um, I, I It was just a lot. And there was another girl that had highly influenced her. And thankfully she has come around like full circle, totally different kid. She even looks at her pictures from almost a year ago and she's like, oh my goodness. Like she just can't believe how we let her get a certain way. And I'm like, what? You were in like your own world and just, you know, her and, and being influenced in this friend. And a big part of that influence was um, you know, she had access to a phone that wasn't, you know, I didn't have a phone service. It just had Wi-Fi, but she had found a way to hide an app that she was conversing with this friend. And I didn't know that this friend, because she came from a Christian home, same, uh, had gone to the same church that we had and she'd been homeschooled and everything. And I just thought that she would be, um, fine to, you know, she would be a good influence on my daughter, not the opposite. And instead she, she was going through a lot emotionally. And she, as she went down, you know, my daughter was trying to support her. Unfortunately, she went down with her. Um, and so we've, you know, kind of worked with my daughter on teaching her how, when you have a friend that's going downhill, you pull them up. You don't go with them. You don't slide down that slide with them. You pull them back up. So, you know, it's, it's been a work in progress. It's been awesome to see her get more healthy friendships and change, you know, not like she was starting to be down on her body and stuff like that back at the time. 
And my older daughter, I watched go through some of that too. And a lot of that, like I said, was the influences of people around. And she wasn't allowed to be on social media. Um, and, she, you know, kids will always kind of push those barriers. But um, our 16-year-old, she hasn't gotten into any trouble. She does, she, she's a sophomore in high school, have a phone. We need it for emergencies. But she, you know, we can check it at any time. And she is never, not once ever failed us as far as like nothing inappropriate, nothing like, you know, everything that we, you know, we have pretty strict controls. She's very good about it, but she's also has this healthy fear of um, our parenting and how disappointed her dad would be if she did something. So um, it's, it's interesting to see that dynamic. But like I said, um, for the most part right now, um, all three of the older ones, the teenage ones I'm talking about, not the 11 year old, because she's, she's, even though she's 11, she might act just a little bit on the hair younger side. She's still in elementary school, very sweet and innocent. Next year will be a game changer for sure as she goes into middle school in sixth grade here in New Mexico. But <laughs> when it comes to the body thing, their body image is so, so impacted by you as their mother. If you are sitting there worrying about your body, if you check yourself out in the mirror or you pick apart every little bit of fat, every roll, or if you sit there and you worry about what you eat, if you bake cookies with your daughter and you're worried about eating them or you can't eat them, you are causing an effect on your child. No matter what age she's at, she's eventually going to start realizing, I'm supposed to think this way. I shouldn't be eating these things. That is not okay. That will become an eating disorder. Why do you think we have so many eating disorders right now? Do you think that we just all magically came up with it? No, we had an influence. Yes, social media has played a huge part in that because girls nowadays think they have to look a certain way. They have to have this itty bitty tiny waist, big boobs, or maybe even not that big of boobs, but then a big badonkadonk and <laughs> that's from social media. And so that's partly why like I have, you know, my kids are not just allowed on social media, but that's that's not the only reason why. There's a lot of other reasons. And um when it comes to, you know, all the body dysmorphia out there, it's so important that we recognize what we are doing to them. So one of the things that happened last year too was shortly after all the stuff that went down with my uh, 12-year-old daughter, um, just right around the time she turned 12, I had also taken her in for her doctor's appointment and they had not so discreetly told her that she needed to go for more walks. And of course, I think it was actually was about a year ago. It was, I think it was in March because it was still really cold out. So it was like not an ideal temperature for going out and taking walks. And then they were like, oh, well, how many how many hours is she on electronics or on a computer? I'm like, um, school is online, so like all day. And they were like, this is unacceptable. She needs to be getting more exercise. I'm like, well, no, duh, but what can we do? We're in a household where my husband's working from home. And we had, at the time, we have five kids because my daughter hadn't graduated yet from high school. Five kids in school, four consistently here with us all the time because, you know, the oldest would get hers done by nine o'clock. So, you know, and then, you know, we don't have this giant yard because that's just, it's where we live in New Mexico. It doesn't 
we just don't have that. So it's like, what are they supposed to do? And even if we did, again, winter. Uh, so it was very frustrating. I'm not trying to teach my child, hey, you need to work out. Hey, we have a garage gym. Go exercise. Go do some jump rope. I'm not trying to tell her that because you know what? I don't want exercise to be a form of, number one, it shouldn't be a, a punishment. If you eat brownies, you shouldn't have to go work it off. That's not okay. That's a wrong that's a wrong thought process. That's a lie. If you, um, there, there should never be like this compromise. If I do this, then I must do that. That's not okay. We move because it's healthy for our bodies every day consistently. We have balance in our food, including brownies. So um, I was kind of perturbed at the time, but I kind of felt like at the time I was kind of agreeing with her. And we had, mind you, we had gone through a bunch, we've gone through like this evolution in our household of different things because, you know, um, all through my twenties and thirties, I was doing different diets and fad diets and different things. And then I became a trainer when I was 33. And then, you know, I did lose a bunch of weight more than that, you know, or a bunch of fat. I, I got really small, very muscular, very lean, you know, rock climber style body. Um, like I was fitting in a size zero, um, clothing and I was I was very small and so my kids have watched me through that and I remember my kids um, you know my older ones they were like fifth and seventh grade I think or maybe yeah were they fifth and seventh grade yeah I think fifth or seventh grade or sixth and eighth grade something like that and they when they no I was fifth and seventh grade sorry (laughs) I was thinking out loud here and and they saw me and they were like oh mom you're really small. Like I was literally as small as my fifth grade daughter when I was 33 years old. And so it wasn't necessarily a healthy thing um, because I really wasn't eating very much. And I was just going through a lot mentally and emotionally and having to had moved from once my home state to another state, then to another state and gone through, you know, some more DV stuff. And, and it just, it was, it was difficult for me emotionally. And so I had unfortunately um, went through that. I gained a bunch of weight. I was doing pretty well, honestly, quite healthy. Um, and then, um, you know, like I said, they, I just, I was pretty consistent. You know, I worked though and, and I would still like, I did the 21 day fix. Um, and I loved that actually. It was a good way to, for me to learn some skills at the time to help me kind of eat a little healthier. Um, I didn't really start studying nutrition until I went into criminal justice because I had to study that um, or I had to take um, some kind of a class and I had to take like a fitness class and it was easy for me because I still would go to the gym and, you know, I would still go running. Um, You know, I didn't have much of a schedule because I couldn't and especially when I started owning my own business, I was so busy all the time. So, you know, I was consistent as far as like not going all over the place, not doing anything extreme. And then, you know, as I met my husband and got married, you know, in that time frame, you know, my kids saw me get injured. I gained some weight. Then I would, you know, try something to help me get back on track or maybe um, lose those few pounds. And then one of those times, uh, my husband and I watched um, a show, something that was on Netflix. And, and you know, I, I have always loved the idea of, you know, eating healthier and 
doing less processed foods and, um, you know, hadn't studied nutrition again quite as much as I had, you know, till, you know, in last year or two. Um, but then we're, I'm talking like four years ago here. <laughs> and uh, it was right before summer vacation. And I decided to switch everybody's, all everything in the house. I went through and I literally like threw away or, or donated anything canned, anything boxed, anything processed. Um, I wasn't looking at the non-GMO stuff. I was just looking at things that were processed. I was trying to get rid of all processed foods and all the sugary foods. I think I got rid of all the sugar in the house and probably all the regular flour. Everything was going to be gluten-free and non-processed, all, all these things, yada, 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 you know. So basically all sweets, all things that kids love, like their snacks and their sh- sugary cereals and everything was gone. And I remember the kids coming home. I remember one of them came home and opened the cupboard and was just like, their eyes like got real big, like, what the heck? Where did all the food go? And, uh, you know, I wanted to even talk with my daughter, Trinity, um, who I just brought into the studio uh, with me to be able to talk a little bit about her. She is the one that I have talked about a little, probably the most today. And she is my 12, almost 13 year old who is in seventh grade, which is such a crucial time frame because it's like sixth and seventh grade. Like I said, that they really start feeling the effects of it. And actually, I remember in fourth and fifth grade, it already starting to kick in with a lot of girls. A lot of little girls had cell phones already and were on social media. Yes, in fourth and fifth grade which is crazy. And she started going to a public school in fourth grade. And so fourth and fifth grade, fourth grade was her first year. And then she got a huge dose of it fifth grade. And so it's great that, you know, she's gone through those not great in one sense, but great that she's been under our household and we can help her. And I'm sure there's been a lot of ways that I've hindered her, um, as well. But, um, she is the one that is with us like 24-7 because we have, you know, I have full custody of her. So she isn't, you know, off one week and on one week. Uh, like the other kids who, when I was doing this, they would go to their mom's house apparently and binge on foods, the foods that I didn't let them have here. And then they would come here and then be restricted. But then they would go to school and eat all those bad things. Or like, <laughs> um, I know our 16-year-old said when I had done that, she was like, I think she was in eighth grade at the time, seventh or eighth grade. She would like get pizza at the snack bar and then like get cookies or something. And then she would hide them in her room so that we wouldn't know. Um, and so she wasn't completely depriving herself. And so, you know, and they were seeing me do different things like 75 hard where I was like, like working out two times a day and doing these extreme things. And they're kids, so they don't know like what's going on in my head and why I'm doing the things I'm doing. So maybe it wasn't to lose weight, but in their mind, they don't know that. So if they see me looking in the mirror, picking apart my body, and then I'm doing these things, you know, if I, you know, and I, I think back on, I have a had a friend that uh, recently has been doing keto and, and, you know, her kids, you know, watch her and everything. And I'm like, well, if you're doing keto, what is the reason why you're telling them you're doing keto? Because, keto was designed to be specifically for, um, you know, it was was designed for kids going through seizures and it was designed and implemented by doctors in the hospital. It was never designed to be something that was done at home, but it coincidentally 
caused people to lose weight like adults when they started doing that with seizure patients and whatnot. And that's how it carried forth into this new like fad diet. Um, you know, it's no longer new, I guess, but um, and it can be beneficial for some reasons um, if done in short times, but then you have to learn how to kind of counterbalance that and how to reverse diet, which is going to be in another podcast coming up here in the next week or two, because um, I'm going to be talking about macro counting and why I do that um, and then how to do that and how to get started on that. And then I'm going to talk about reverse dieting, where reverse dieting means if you've dieted so much, how can we do like the opposite which is like eating more in a slow manner that you can do that in a successful way to benefit you so that you get back to giving your body the nourishment, those, you can eat more carbs, you can eat more things instead of having, some people are on like 800 calories, hopefully not, um, 1200 calories or even 1500 calorie diets. And I just can't stand that. So anyway, again, I brought Trinity in here and I just wanted her t- I wanted to introduce her to you. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here today. Uh, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions um, about some of the things I've been talking about, just so we get we can hear a little bit of more of your perspective too. Um, you know, as like a 12, almost 13 year old, um, you know what you how I've influenced you because I know you've been my sidekick the most. You're the one kid that's been with me through it all when I became a personal trainer and everything. I'm sure you didn't remember all that, but everything. So here we go. Do you think that there is anything that, you know, moms do like dieting or anything like that that has affected you? Um, I know you're only 12, but... <laughs> um. Yeah, probably that, you know, when moms go on diets, they do it, like, for weight loss. And so it, like, makes you think that you need to go on a diet to do weight loss because you start looking at your body negatively. Oh, that's true. Um, Are there things that, instead of, you know, maybe dieting that, like, moms could do to help build up their daughter's body confidence even if maybe she eats a little too much ice cream here or there or loves to eat all the goodies you know I mean as girls hey most of us like our carbs our chips our cookies our chocolate um but and that's and that's all good right in moderation and you've learned that right but um so are there things like that that we can do to be able to help our daughters at like your age to think that, hey, it's okay if I have this, I'm just not going to go crazy with it. But do you feel like that helps? Um, yeah, moderation definitely helps. Cause like I used to eat whatever I wanted <laughs> and then it's <laughs> like everything I wanted. And then yeah. I learned like moderation and stuff. And so I'll still eat that, but like it's not as much. And it's definitely ha- helped me be more confident in my body. That's good. That's good. So you guys, I don't have like a perfect body and, you know, I have been working on not picking my body apart so much. Um I my girls can attest to, right? Trinity that uh when I get in front of a mirror, oftentimes <laughs> I will be like I'll, no, sometimes I'll, I'll like, oh, you know, I'll look at 
the fact that I have big boobs or that I have this mom belly or, hey, I gained a little weight on my face or something. Um, but you know what? They don't, they don't do that. And I know that they're not judging me for that. So um, I, kids don't notice that sort of thing. And our goal is to be here and to help raise them. So maybe if you're wanting to do some kind of extreme dieting, maybe wait till they're not around. But if they see you doing that and, you know, my kids see me eating a different meal almost every night because I eat for anti-inflammatory reasons. So I'll have like a soup, but that's not for weight loss. And my kids understand that. And I've had to correct a couple of them when they think I'm on a diet. I'm like, I'm not on a diet. It is my lifestyle is different. I eat, oftentimes I eat what they've had for dinner for lunch the next day because I try to, um, again, have certain foods that will agree with my stomach so that I am not feeling bloated and that I don't have uh, inflammation because my liver and kidneys process food, you know, maybe slower than some other people do. So me helping the kids to kind of understand this has helped them. Um, hey, Trinity, do you remember a couple years ago when I tried to switch all of our food to not processed yeah no canned food and I got rid of like anything that was boxed and you guys would open the cupboard and be like where's the food and I was like oh we've got fruits and vegetables and (laughs) then I would get like these weird cereals and things like that um how did that affect you like what did you think about that like what did it make you want to do? Or if you were away from me and you were at school, because I, I remember you guys saying some stuff about how you were sneaking food anyway. How did that affect you when I was doing that at home here, even though I thought it was something and I thought I was doing you guys a favor, doing something good for you? How did that affect you? Um, It kind of made me feel like maybe you were saying like we were eating too much bad stuff and then we needed to stop and like lose weight with all of that stuff. But why and did you think it was weight? Because processed foods make you not necessarily. But they're they're not. But that's good for how you. you perceived it. Yeah. Huh. And then what did you do? Uh, went to school and ate chocolates. <laughs> uh, how did? So how did it make you feel when? Um, like now when I buy you guys a selection of foods and maybe some is less processed and I get like non-GMO. So some of them actually are pretty good, right? But then I also buy the sugary foods, the the cereal. So you have the option. How do you feel about that? And what do you normally choose? <laughs> I feel a lot better because, you know, like it's like the moderation thing. And so, like, some days you can have this and some days you can have that. But I often do choose <laughs> the sugary cereals and that stuff. But do you feel like you can have a little more balance and you don't feel like you have to binge like you might have if I had you had restricted you so much? Yeah. Yeah, because if you restrict yourself from something, it makes you want it more at some point. And so you're going to just binge on that and you're going to eat too much of it. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts that you want to add as far as your body image or anything that has helped you? Because you are so confident and you're just blooming into this beautiful young girl. You want to maybe tell my listeners anything about how you feel like the girls are maybe at school and things like that and how that affects you? 
Um, well, the girls at school definitely act a lot older than their age, and a lot of girls at school have, you know, like, a flat stomach, and that can affect you negatively, because you compare yourself to them, um, but, and it it may be hard, but just, just don't compare yourself to them, and you won't, you won't have that problem a lot. You'll notice that it won't affect you as much when you look at other girls, and you're not, like, picking apart what they look better than you do, what they have and you don't. So my listeners are mainly the moms, probably, and not so much the kids. But do you have any advice for moms? I mean, obviously moms can tell that to their daughters. But do you have any specific advice for moms on how to kind of be there for their daughters? And, you know, obviously, like I'm talking about the food body dysmorphia a lot of girls probably are already starting to have eating disorders where they don't want to eat lunch and things like that because they don't want to get fat um like what can you tell us as far as you know what moms can do to support you know their daughters at your age um definitely don't restrict them from a lot of things like be let them have it just not as much or not as often, because that that definitely helped me. Um, I mean, just, emotionally supportive though too. Um, <laughs> like com- just compliment them. Don't tell them that their body isn't good enough. All right, Trinity. Well, thank you so much for being on here and getting to talk with my listeners and I on uh, the podcast today. I know that was scary for you, and I just kind of threw you in there. but we appreciate it and I just love you and I appreciate you so much and and I'm so grateful that you are just turning into this beautiful young lady that's confident and that knows who she is and isn't about to let anybody tell her what she should or shouldn't do (laughs) okay well I just wanted to wrap things up with this last little thought which is you know Again, when we do things for our kids, sometimes we think we're doing something for them and we're actually doing something that is going to harm them. And And I look back on my life and, and ask, you know, myself if, you know, maybe there were any times where I feel like my mom was down on herself. And honestly, my mom did a really good job. She did not pick herself apart, even if she had gained weight, um, you know, as I got older and honestly, my mom looks great. And, you know, she's not uh, supermodel thin. You know, she's she carries a little more weight here and there. And hi, mom, if you're listening to this, sorry, I'm not trying to say anything negative here. Um, I just think it's awesome that even if she do- isn't like the most confident person in the world, and I don't know whether she is or not, but she see- she comes across that she is. She comes ac- across that she has never had a worry about um, what she looks like um, when it comes to her body or um, her looks or anything. She's just completely confident. And I know my dad did a really good job um, and has done and continues to um, as her husband of complimenting her and helping her 
uh, feel like she is just the most beautiful woman in the world. And I look up to both of my parents. Uh, they are amazing like that. And I, I think, wow, you know, they had such a great idea of what is really important, which is the eternal and not so much of the external. And yes, we want to have healthy bodies because those are our temple. And so ultimately, that is what we need to be teaching our children. So when you're doing these random diets or crazy fitness programs, what are you teaching your daughters? Start thinking about that because, you know, it could be that whatever you think you're doing to help them is going to actually harm them. And, you know, I, again, I've, I've been through so much trial and error and made mistakes. And when I was starting to go down the road of feeling like I need to put my child on a diet, when I actually pulled back and started saying, you know what, Trinity, I am wrong. I was wrong and I was wrong in how I behaved when it came to my own body. And I was wrong in how I, I was feeling like I need to start telling you what you should or shouldn't eat. And, and same with the other kids. Because I realized when I take away all of those sugary things from my kids, not only are they going to run back somewhere else and do it, but when they get older, they're going to probably be opposite and be like, nope, I'm never going to do this because my mom, you know, <laughs> would take away our cereal. So I will never do that to my kids. And then their kids are going to have more issues. Um, or they are going to have issues with their binging when they're older. Binging is not something that we want to teach our daughters how to do. And that is what's going to happen when you deprive them of something. And, you know, you can't, if, especially unless you've, unless you've been doing this from the time they were little, like before they can remember that you've been eating healthy. But if they, all they've known is Captain Crunch and all their sweet cereals and you take it away from them, it's probably not going to like influence them like you think it's going to. Giving them good choices and if they choose to make the choices of having that cereal eventually as they get older, like, you know, our older teenagers have, they start realizing, hey, I don't feel the best when I have that sugary cereal or when I'm doing sports, I want to have something with a little more sustenance and maybe a little more protein and maybe I'm going to have some eggs if I have time to make that in the morning or if, because I'm not the mom that makes a full breakfast every morning. Sorry, that's not me. I do that Saturday and Sunday or if they have vacation or something. But anyway, um, just start thinking about these things because what you say to yourself, do you look in front of the mirror and pick yourself apart or do you look in front of the mirror like I did yesterday and say, mirror, mirror on the wall, um, I'm so gorgeous. Some, and I said something else that rhymed. <laughs> My husband was laughing and I'm like, he was like, yes, I love that. And I'm like, well, I have to get better about looking in the mirror and saying positive affirmations to myself. And even if it's not for me, because I don't think I'm like this horrible person. I don't think that like, you know, but I do have to remind myself, look, my body is amazing. It is healing itself right now. That is amazing. That is amazing that our bodies do that. And, you know, yes, a surgeon went in and did something, but my body is still repairing itself. So my body is working hard. And I want to remind myself that my body is amazing. It does amazing things for me every day. And I am beautiful. I, you know, and, and I hope that you can get in front of the mirror and do that. If nothing else, then for the sake of those daughters that are watching you so that they can go, 
I am beautiful. And make sure you tell them that. Like my daughter said, make sure you let them know they are beautiful and they are perfect as they are. And if they are self-confident, tell them how much you appreciate that about them. And I have had to go to my daughter, Trinity, and tell her that. And all of my daughters and, you know, we'll cross that bridge with, you know, the youngest one if she ever goes through any of that as she gets older. But hopefully she won't. Hopefully she'll learn from the older sisters that are doing really good and they have that body confidence. It's been a work in progress with with each of them. They've had their own battles. And so I hope that you uh, sincerely look back through everything that I've been talking about when it comes to body image, but that you, if you have daughters, that you listen to this episode with an open heart and you start writing down some things that you can change. And if you're listening to this, obviously you've probably, um, are two things, probably do have a daughter and you're starting to cross this bridge, or maybe you think that they're on the kind of overweight side, or maybe they're not at all. Maybe they're just super self-conscious and you're trying to figure out how to help them. Um, But maybe it's because you know that you've been doing all of these yo-yo diets and you've been trying to do different things or you're on a program right now and you have a child that you know is looking up to you and you are curious as to if is it going to affect them or not. And I'm just letting you know it is and they do see it. And, you know, I have a 21-year-old who makes little comments here and there about all the different things that I've done. And I'm like, that's what their perception is. And and whether it was because I'm a trainer or not, or I was going to the gym to train somebody, their perception is that I was going to the gym to work out. And their perception is that I had this, like, awful body dysmorphia. And so it's helpful to make sure you talk through those things with your kids, but be aware of what you're doing to them. And I hope that this helps you and meets you where you're at. And again, stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribing. If you could please leave me a review. If you found any value in that, that is the biggest compliment. I like, it seems like that's the hardest thing for people to do. And in this month, this month only, when you leave a review and you screenshot it so that I can see it, and my social on social media, and I'll share it too. If you if you tag me in it, which you know on Instagram is at grace underscore two underscore conquer, um, on I believe on uh, Facebook it's just at G two C coaching, and then I uh, or you can just say at Kara Foot because that's my name. And when you tag me on those things, make sure, like I said, that you. I I see it so that I can give you credit for that $5 Starbucks gift card just to share the love all month long. Make sure you're doing that. Then stay tuned because I have some courses that I'm getting ready to work on and to publish and things that you can get a whole bunch of freebies. And you get those when you're on my newsletter. You're the first one to get those. And you can sign up for my newsletter at my website, gracetoconquer.com. And I am getting ready to for a launch uh, coming up soon as well. So I'm going to be doing um, a free, you know, mastermind group. And I'm also going to, like I said, be posting all a lot of those, those freebies for you guys. You guys will be the first one if you're in my launch team to try anything that I have. And then you'll also be eligible for all sorts of goodies and prizes um, as I get ready to put more more t-shirts and jewelry and things like that on my website that are pertaining to moms 
and, you know, fitness that are kind of being silly about that kind of stuff. Um, I have, you know, quite a few silly ones and then a lot of faith-based ones, including, you know, uh, little workout tank tops that say faith on them. Um, I love mine. You'll probably see it on my podcast art if it's updated as I updated it this last week. I know if you're on Apple um, or iTunes, some of the platforms haven't updated it yet, but it will be getting updated and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll be able to buy that on my website as well. And then, uh, like I said, I have um, a whole bunch of cute little t-shirts coming, including some little onesies for babies as well. So I can't wait to share all this stuff with you. We've got big things coming and make sure you stay tuned and you subscribe to both my newsletter and the podcast because that's the best way to get all of the info first. So thank you so much again and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Monday.